Hello, everybody, and welcome to Made of Fail. Your glorious executive producer, Dana, here, filling in for Cleo and Emily this month because, I don't know, reasons. They were busy. They can consider it a Christmas present. Anyway, today I am joined by one of our newest recruits, the lovely gentleman who has been writing our Jessica Jones recaps. Please give a warm welcome to Janus. Mm, hello, 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 Internet. Um, yes, I am the one that's been creating the 13, um, I guess it would be only 10 at this point in time, 13 reviews for Jessica Jones, uh, because Dana basically slapped me across the face and said, you are an indecisive whore for not coming up with these things, and why aren't you writing for me? Far less violent than you say. You guys, you, you don't know the truth. You, you don't understand. So I'm here to tell you the truth, and that's... It was, it was violence, and there were words that were being exchanged, and, well, it was a good challenge. So, why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself, my good man, who you are, what you do, how you got saddled with my ass as a friend? Uh, well, who wants to know? Um, nobody. I don't know if it, Talk anyway. Nobody. Talk anyway. Okay, great. <clears throat> um, Pardon my cold, by the way. I've been trying to fight this thing for about a week, and if I have to hear one more goddamn person tell me to drink tea with honey. I was just about to say. Go God, you're such a baby when you're sick. I am. It's hilarious. Um, who is me? Uh, well, I, I guess you would call me like a sort of freelance sort of an author writer. I mean, I've dabbled in doing uh, the role plays and doing writing in uh, World of Warcraft, but also you know other games before that. Um, what was that uh, thing that you did for, that, for that? What? D&D, Sorry, that thing that you did for that D and D contest where you got like honorable mention. What the hell was that? Oh, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was. Um, Oh, I can't remember if it was Out of Context D&D. No, Daily, Daily Beast area. That's where it was. Uh, they do a radio show. It's out in the West Coast there. Well, they would, uh, for a while, they would highlight one creature per day and say, like, this is what makes this character so great, or here's how you can use it in your campaigns. And uh, there was a contest to uh, alleviate what it would be for a mystric. A mistrake, which is kind of just like an offspring of um, like a lesser dragon kind of a thing. And I thought, oh, I, I could probably do that. So I've had, you know, fantasy world ideas in my head for a while. So I used my concept of uh, Shinchaoshi, which is the um, the eastern part of my world. And I came up with mistrakes. And I didn't win, but I came in second place. And I, I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of neat. I guess I can do this. That was kind of validating, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I met you on Warcraft. That was yep. fun. Um, and then we started talking. It was like, hey, we've got shit in common. Maybe we should be friends. And then so I've sort of like been his den mother for a while. I've been drag kicking and screaming into this vortex that has made a fail. <laughs> well, you're into like noir stories and detective shit and like, uh, you know, mysteries to solve and blah, blah, blah. I, I am. saw Jessica Jones coming out and I'm like, oh, I know who I want to get to review this. Yeah. I'm sorry I- to- I'm sorry that it didn't quite meet your expectations, but before we get into that, <clears throat> we're not going to recap the show because we've already done that. Well, Jameis has already done that. But... Already done that. Already done it. I spent <laughs> hours and hours and hours reformatting <clears throat> and figuring out those notes. Uh, I-, I found that I- I've never really done a show before, uh, show review before, pardon me, um, but I found that by the time I finally got to like the 8th and the ninth, I kind of had it down to a-, a bit of a finer art, so now... A review that would have taken like painstaking hours, I could probably bang out in an hour or two. So that makes me feel better. I thought you would enjoy the challenge of nonfiction for a change. I haven't. That is that true. Here. Yeah, that is that is something I wanted to get into. So yes, thank you for that. Okay. But before we get into uh, discussion, I'm going to put a great big honking neon spoiler warning sign. If you have not seen Jessica Jones on Netflix, what the hell are you waiting for? It is awesome. Go watch it. Then come back to us.
Let's talk Jessica Jones. Yes, Lance. What did you think of her character specifically? Well, okay, a bit of a context that we have to put into it here because okay. uh, I even said my very first review is that I don't know the character, which mm-hmm. is absolutely true. Like this, uh, when they came with the Daredevil series, I knew a little bit about it, and I thought Daredevil was absolutely amazing. But that's not what we're talking about. Jessica Jones. I know it's one of the uh, kind of connected characters. She's part of the Defenders with uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. But beyond that, I knew next to nothing, so I went into it blind. Uh, so I was introduced to Jessica Jones, not from the comic book series or that that crazy white and pink kind of outfit she has there. It's kind of like, oh, what? Whereas I was coming from the comics towards right. the show. So. Yeah. so mine's a very different perspective. So it's very That's... New York City, dark, gritty, black hoodie, blue jeans, and a bottle of whiskey. So And you, God, you bitched, like, so much about her whiskey. Oh, my God. There, I will come back to that. There are proper, <laughs> acceptable brands of whiskey that they should have used, and they mm-hmm. just chose not to, mm-hmm. and that was what let me down the most. Um, as a character, um, well, you could, you could talk a lot about, uh, oh, a female character should be A, hot, and B, strong, and also sort of, sort of girly, sort of feminine. Uh, Jessica Jones is none of these things. Not, not really. Is she a very pretty lady yet? Well, you know, she's all right, but she's hardly... I don't know. I'm probably going to get myself in trouble here. Yeah. I don't consider her, mm-hmm. if else, a very striking, beautiful woman, but she is strong. She is independent. She has her own strengths, uh, superpowers and otherwise. So I, I thought it was really kind of refreshing to see a heroine like that. See, I think she personally would disagree with you because the reason that she quit superheroing in the first place was because she um, she succumbed to Kilgrave. That was her whole reason for, like, I'm not going to be a superhero. Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> because she was all she was all like, well, if I can, you know... If I can lose so spectacularly against this villain, maybe I'm not cut out for this, and I'll just go do, like, some other job instead. Um, I found that she was very, uh, you know, kind of self-destructive. I mean, obviously, she's she's an alcoholic, what do you want? But um, self-destructive, kind of a self-downer. And I I can sort of relate to some of that. I was like, yeah, okay, I've had some pretty (laughs) dark periods like that. Uh, Shut up. Listen... That was another reason why you, you tried to link me to this character. It's like, oh, look, this reminds me of you. She did. Thought, she did. Looking at it now, though, I don't know if that reflects badly upon myself or if it reflects <laughs> badly on the writings. I'm like, oh, man, like, am I that bad? I don't, I don't hope not. I was coming from the comic books. I hired you before the show came out. Right, right. But... Um, I, I found that she had a couple of couple of mood swings a couple of times where I was kind of like, man, I'm, I'm tired of this. I just want to smack her. Just like, come on, like we got things to do. We got we got to be more determined than that. For example, what? Where, where did you find yourself losing patience with Jessica? Um, I got to look at my episode. <clears throat> I have all my original notes sitting here in front of me. Because uh, then uh, you look at like the third episode. Uh, it's called whiskey. Well, in the third episode, she was very sort of driven, and even Trish is all like, "Where do you get all the strength from?" It's just like, "Well, it's from my boozing, but it's also from the fact that I want things to happen." Like Popeye and Spin, it's only a lot well, more fun. Kind of, sorta. <laughs> she doesn't have like tumorous arms on her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but then there's a couple times like, okay, uh, number seven after she quote-unquote, broke up with Luke, and after Luke was so emotionally raged, he punched a hole in the side of a bus. Front of a bus, pardon me. Can you blame She it? was just down on herself, and I'm like, yeah, I can understand some of that, but it just carried on. 
it just went on longer than I think should have been reasonable. Well, here's what you think. I mean, what do you expect? She's not an emotionally stable human being. No, and she's not. That's that's another part of her, her weave. That's another part of the way that she sort of fabricated. But I, I don't know. There were just a couple times where I thought that it was kind of dwelling on that negativity just a bit too much. But that's what Jessica does. Okay, in the comics, though, is that also true? Uh, I, I didn't get that impression. Not there's really. A little, there's, there's definitely a lot of self-deprecation there. Mm. Um, there's a lot more. There's a lot more fear of Kilgrave. I want to say, like she, she just doesn't think that she. Well, I don't want to wreck it for you. It's the thing. God damn it! You can wreck it all you want because uh, I mean, you know, I've watched the series. Uh, I've gone through it all. Uh, do I find myself drawn to look into the comic books? I, I gotta be fair. Not really. But that's because it was not quite what I was expecting. It's I mean, a little you... bit more detective-y and a little bit more superhero-y at the same time in the comics. It is very much set in the Marvel Universe. Right. I mean, like, her very first case is, is a Captain America thing. Oh, okay. All right. But then, uh, this was one of the reasons you pitched it to me, is, uh, well, you're into the noir and detective stuff. I was like, well, yeah, I grew up To be with... fair, from the trailers, it, it looked a lot more like that than I also thought it was going to be. Because um, uh, I grew up with like things like Sherlock Holmes. I, I am a big fan of Sherlock Holmes, like the old stuff, the originals, or Arthur Conan Doyle stuff. I have the book. I have the exact. I have the full collection here. I would read it sometimes, even when I was writing some of my noir-related stuff to kind of look for inspirations or like, how would this have been done, or how's the way, way to phrase this, or what's the what's the real thing that the detectives are looking for. The problem that I found is that later on in towards uh, other episodes like uh, number 9 or number 10 or uh, number 11 to a point, there was no real detective work. It was just superheroes. It was just this kind of downcast, dejected lady fighting a bad guy. It was a lot it, more of a character study. It was more of a character-driven thing. It was not the detective clue-catching kind of feel that I was really hoping for. Mm-hmm. The only time I really got that is when she was teaming up with Luke. Like, that partnership really worked. It was like, let's get on the motorcycle and let's go trace down these guys and break up a drug ring. I'm like, yeah, all right. I can take that. That was you know, fun. That was fun, right? But then it got down to just a character story and I'm like, nah, not quite what I'm here for. Well, I'm a, not sucker. I'm a real sucker for character-driven stories. Oh, okay, yeah. So... so what what did you think was really good about this? What did it do right? Oh my god, just I I'm so, I I can't disagree with you enough. I loved everything about it. I loved Jessica. I loved seeing what was going to happen. I was on the friggin' edge of my seat by the end of every episode going, "How are they going to escalate this? How can this get worse?" And it's like every single episode from like about halfway through on can be summed up with, "Well, that escalated quickly." There were a couple times I came to that, too, and that is also a mark of good writing, is to take a situation, and you have to think, I was like, okay, how can this get worse? How can we throw another twist in things and say, you've got this problem, now we have to deal with something even even more terrible. Uh, number seven, the, the midway point of the series, number seven, was really good for that, too. Uh, after she's, you know, literally in the trash, I thought that was a little, that was a hilarious scene. <laughs> get your own the trash. The hope is like, get your own trash, pile. <laughs> It's like, that's, that's pretty good. And she eventually stumbles home and falls into bed, and I'm like, what's in the bed? What's in the bed? It's like, oh, there's a body here. Oh, it's him. Oh, I kind of saw that coming, and I'm, I'm glad he's dead. But that, that, that was a good example of... Nothing of value was lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was another thing we were, uh, we were discussing is um, 
And I think that's a bit of a weakness. If it's character-driven, why do we have a handful of characters that I think is, are completely unnecessary? None of them are in the comics. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you that much. I mean, yeah. you, got, you got Luke, but, you know, I mean, Ant-Man was in it for God's sake. Well, that's that's Paul Rudd. He's doing his thing. He's going to do the Marvel circuit now. So, but no, no, no. The, Welcome the, aboard, the Paul. Comic book character. I know, I know. That'd be interesting if they stick him in the season two. Well, they have license to do that, I guess, because I mean, they didn't think Marvel's Daredevil would fly, and it did pretty well. And they they done Jessica Jones, so now they're slowly building. I, I wouldn't call it a B team, but it's kind of like a slightly different pool in the greater. Oh no, universe. no, no! It's totally a B team. The Defenders have always been the B team. Right. Like, historically. Okay. At least the um, invaders. But, <laughs> anyways, um, characters that, if it's a character-driven story, uh, I would argue you need to have some fairly strong characters. Like, uh, Battlestar Galactica, to a point, was a, a character-driven story, and you had some really fascinating, flawed people like uh, Adama or Saltai or Starbuck, or Apollo, but this, we had characters that, some were good, you know, like uh, Luke and Kilgrave, and Jessica, and Trish, and Will to a, a point. I liked Malcolm. Malcolm was, yeah. I thought I, he was I cool, really... I thought he was smart, I thought he was realistic, and there was that bit at the end where everybody was going through Jessica's apartment, and he looks at it, and he starts to approach the door, and I'm like, no, 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 and, you know, I was like, oh, don't get killed, and then he's like, Nope, fuck this, I'm out of here. And he just goes back into his own apartment, and I'm like, oh my god, somebody did something smart. It's not a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. No, Malcolm I thought was really interesting. Uh, I, I kind of call it, I bet you he's a man of faith, and it's like, he is a man of faith. It's like, that's actually appropriate, that works for him. Uh, but then there's other characters that I found is like, why are you here? Why, why, why am I grinding my teeth because you're on the screen right now? Well, you, you mentioned that Robin and Reuben, for example, oh, were not God. strong characters. But no. what's the difference between strong and memorable? Because they're definitely memorable. But not in a good way. But they does, don't leave do a very they good have taste to be, mouth. though? Do they have to be? Um, Can't they just be like thoroughly disgusting human beings for the sake of being thoroughly disgusting human beings? Okay, but look at the end of episode number two when we first get a taste of Kilgrave in that we hear him, the body is on the screen, we don't see his face yet. We mm-hmm. haven't seen the, the lovely David Tennant, the gallant David Tennant, I who I have nothing watch. but to think... I can't I watch nothing, Doctor Who anymore. Nothing but good things to say <laughs> about him, but that's another story. He skeeved me out so bad as Kilgrave, I can't fucking watch him as the Doctor right now. I have another series for you to watch with David Tennant in it, and that's, that's later on. I'll come back is to that later. Blackpool? Uh, no, it's not Blackpool. Okay. No, it's Broadchurch. But we'll come back to that later. Right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyways, at the end of that episode, uh, he basically walks into an apartment and he basically just dominates and like violates this family. Now, that family of four is not a, a group of strong characters at all, but it is memorable by what happens. Now, uh, Robin and Reuben, you know, are they strong characters? No. Are they memorable? Yes, but not in the way that I kind of hope they would have been used. When I first saw them, I was like, oh, they're just a bunch of random schmucks we're just going to kind of encounter, and they're denizens of New York, and we'll kind of move on. But they kept coming back, and it's like, what is the point of you? Why are you here? Uh, Ruben, uh, of course, uh, spoilers, we already had the big neon sign at the very beginning. What was the point of Ruben? What was his ultimate purpose? Probably just to end up in a refrigerator. Uh, yeah, his purpose was to get himself killed. Metaphorically. Right. 
Um, if all that we needed was someone that was two things, someone that was kind of present, you know, kind of pops in here and there, and two, if he was meant to die, we could have dredged up um, uh, the detective, Detective uh, uh, Oscar, Oscar Clements. Uh, we could have used him instead. Well, we did. And, well, uh, yeah, we did, but what I mean is if we could have had him in place of Reuben, so instead Oscar Clemens comes back in the middle of, ta- of episode <clears> 7, like, oh, I'm here, it's like, oh, okay, you're that dude that I didn't think was important. If we would have had him popping back and forth and then had him killed, I, I can't say it would have been a more effective punch, but maybe it would have been less grating. Well, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense for Ruben to get killed because he was like sort of physically not not like not like physically physically close if you know what I mean but more like actual like space close like I mean the apartment was right there more convenient it okay was, it was more like you know like somebody it, it was easy for Kilgrave to get to whoever he wanted that was around Jessica at any point Right. Nobody around her was safe. He was trying to isolate her. That's you know that's a mark of an abuser, which yes. Kilgrave is. Yes. Thoroughly, mm-hmm. it, it, he wanted to isolate Jessica and have her have nowhere to turn to but towards him, and that included getting rid right. of everybody around her. And also, mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of pathos to Ruben's death in that I think that you you, you see this twisted relationship between him and Robin. Oh God! I hope that was not the truth. But that was the first thing I kind of felt from that. It's like, oh, please, this is the way we're going. Yeah. This is what we're going to allude to. Do we need this? Is this really necessary? I I don't know. Yeah. But you can see he's he's like a he's a warped person. But at the same time, the second he lays eyes on Jessica, you start to see him sort of turn away from Robin towards Jessica. He's fascinated by her right like endlessly like she she's like the sun and he's a flower and he's sort of turning towards her like this is a whole world of something else that i can get away from you know i can get i can i I can get towards this and away from away from robin and that's why robin was like going crazy at jessica because she's uh she's got all kinds of issues well, see, that was the other thing, too, is now Ruben, whom I consider to be, eh, we could have maybe done without it, or we could have done it a different way. Then there's also the other side of that little fraternal coin, and that's Robin. Right, but I'm saying, I'm saying when, you, when you kill Ruben, you kill off, like, like the, the, the promise of a life he could have had, you, you could have seen some sort of character development, and Kilgrave is just like, no. That's, well, that's yeah, why You didn't have the so power wicked. to just sort of, you know, you see these plans you have, I'm going to take these away. I will take everything away from you. That's that's Kilgrave, right? Yeah, and he didn't even do it because of Reuben. He did it because of Jessica. Because it was somebody who might have possibly eventually threatened Jessica turning towards Kilgrave. Ah, I guess. Although Kilgrave did put it very well. Again, episode of 7 is like, I couldn't stand that guy for like 20 seconds. I was like, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but then there's Robin. They're, um, they're not meant to be likable. That's the no. thing. No, and that's I think th- they succeeded wildly. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe that's the case. But then there's Robin. Uh, again, what was the point of Robin? Robin was meant to be the, you know, kind of the evil sister paired with Reuben. But then Reuben's gone, so what does she become? Well, she becomes I think that's this- sort of her thing, too, is, you know, what is she without her twin slash lover slash I don't even want to fucking know. There's a picture of Cersei flashing my head going, bitch, please. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, there's more spoilers there, I'm sure, for a completely different series that's been out for like five years now. Um, but then what does Robin become? Robin becomes like uh, the head of this lynch mob, which I also found was bullshit. We didn't need her for that. You know who could have easily served as the person to round up a lynch mob? Go ahead. That could have been Malcolm. That no. could have been Malcolm. No, 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 no. I disagree with you thoroughly, sir. Malcolm's the one with some common sense in him. Once you clear him of all the drugs and of Kilgrave's influence, he still wants to help people. He's the one who's at the head of the Kilgrave Survivors Club. You could He's have... Ext- one, he wanted to be a social worker before Kilgrave got his little fingers into his brain. But he, you could have extended that arc to say, okay, now I have rage, now I have frustration. The coup, the lynch mob failed, obviously, and then after that he could have been like super repentant, and it still could have worked. It still could have worked itself out. I, I guess I, I'm focusing too much on just rubbing out Reuben and Robin. Just get that, get, get it out. It won't come out, you know? But I think it spoils Malcolm because I think gen- he has a genuinely good heart. And that's I, the thing. I don't think he could have. He would have been possible of that sort of. I don't think that sort of rage would have been possible inside of Malcolm. I don't think he ever wants to go that dark. I mean, look at how much he was affected just by dumping a dead body in the river. I don't think he could have brought himself to like actually hurt anybody. That was a great line. Um, oh, where was it again when he said that? I tried to find my notes here for my original stuff here. Um, promise not to freak out, and of course Trish freaks out, screaming, three, two, one, boom, of course. Uh, damn it, where did it go? Was it when he was with Robin? Uh, no, it was right when he dumped the body, right when he dumped the body into what I assume would be the Hudson River, uh, there was something that he said, and I, and I just love the way he said it. A beautiful it. funeral doesn't guarantee heaven. Yes, yeah, that, that is great. I thought that was, that, mm, I love little lines like that, you know? A beautiful funeral doesn't guarantee heaven. Yes, that's right. And I, I can't reckon, I can't remember what language it was actually spoken. It was obviously not in English, but um, I, I thought that was great. What? No, he said it in English. No, he didn't. Why was it subtitled then? Why was it subtitled then? Because I had the subtitles on. Uh, well, I didn't, and I know it was subtitled, so well, he said it in a different language. Subtitled. Listen. Listen, I'm buddy. the one who reviewed it, so in theory I know more about this than you do. Oh, do you want to start? Do you want to start? I'll is that the way this is going to go don't, now? Don't make me come over there. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Actually, I did. Shut up. I'll fight you. Mm-hmm. Go about um, five minutes. Let's go. Other characters that I found kind of uh, on the <clears throat> fence, and that's, of course, Jerry. Jerry and Wendy and... Oh, God, Jerry, you thoroughly horrible human being. I cannot stand <sighs> you. I love her because she's just so just unrepentantly awful. That is true, and that's not a bad thing to be, but uh, maybe it was the people around her. Like She's offset by two different people. She's offset by Pam. Pam, who just, for the most part, just adores her. And I'm kind of like, why are you attracted to this person? Well, she kind of spells it out during that one scene where she's like, you know, like, you know, you get what you want. I saw you in court and nothing stops you, blah, blah, blah. She was attracted to the power, to the, you know. The ruthlessness. And then there's Wendy. Wendy, who's already been, you know, has already been, has ingested this toxin, these poisons for a while. It's kind of like, uh, she's bad news. Do you not know this? She figures it out. Eventually, but not until it's way too late. Yeah, you really had to beat it into her head. Oh, oh too well, soon? Yeah, too you really soon? had to, you really had to beat it out of her, for sure. <laughs> wow. Again, that was another scene, um, episode 10, uh, 1,000 Cuts. Uh, where I said in my review, actually, that released today, this morning, as I think about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I um, it's like, yeah, we had a problem where uh, we didn't think there was enough gratuitous deaths and violence. Well, this episode solves that problem. Yeah, like three people die within the span of like 20 minutes. And I thought that was like, wow, I'm, I'm no stranger to this sort of thing, but Jesus. Well, he had to raise the stakes at some point. I mean, I guess, I guess. Um, so that arc, it, it's just excruciating for a while, but I'm willing to forgive it for a little bit because eventually Pam finally sees the light. Uh, Wendy's dead because, well, sorry, I knew that was going to happen. Wendy was going to have to die or something was going to have to marginalize her. But she is kind of refrigerated once again. And uh, Jerry kind of is repentant in the very, very end. Like, she's she's still a very, you know, a very bad person, yeah, I would and she, say. she has lost both of her loves. That's right. She's lost her wife. She's lost her girlfriend. She's lost any reason she has to... She's lost her control, basically. Yeah. And if there's one thing that Jerry Hogarth is about, it's about control. Was she in the comics? No, she wasn't. She was not. She was not. Okay, so that's another... purely on the show. Yeah. Nice, though, that I was able to lose uh, <laughs> the actress and the character, because oh, I, I know, saw... right? I saw Carrie Ann Fisher, and I thought, oh, right, it, it's Trinity. Moss. Right? Moss. Carrie Ann uh, Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. I'm sorry, why don't I think you got Carrie Ann Moss? Star, Star Wars is on the brain, Yeah, so. Carrie Fisher, Carrie Moss, right. Um, Bad nerd. <sighs> I'm sorry. Fake geek boy. <laughs> Shut up! Right. I'm not faking it. You're just doing it for attention because you You're want like drink. nerd girls to know. I want you. people to like me. <laughs> um, and I kept thinking, you know, all this time, and I was kind of like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, for all the things you'll do, Morpheus will find you, and everything will be fine <laughs> until you die horribly outside of the Machine City, and you just be a, a horrible old mouth, no, whatever. I never really could, watched The Matrix, to be honest. You could have done better than Neo, but that's just me. You could have done better than Keanu Reeves, girl. You could have done way better. They did a Point Break remake, speaking of Keanu Reeves. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, ugh, we have things in our fridges that are older than that movie. Like, Wow. That's very surprising coming from you, Mr. <laughs> Food Snob. Although that does remind me of the time that I cleaned out my mom's fridge and I saw some meat in the freezer from, like, 1998. It was How 2002. Was <laughs> Derailed. Okay. Um, and, and then also with tying into the whole Matrix thing, we had Will with his red and blue pills, which I, the first thing I thought, again, is like, well, if you take that red pill, things are going to happen, man. Things are going to happen. Don't. You t- God damn it. What did I just say? Never trust a male red piller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was another character I, <clears throat> I have mixed feelings about. Will, I thought, started out... When we first got introduced to him, he was just the random dude that broke into Trish's apartment. So like, Supposedly, yep, that's he's in a completely different comic book series. I think he, they said he's shown up in Daredevil, and he's shown up in Punisher. Okay. And I have honestly never heard of this guy either, because I don't read those series. Series? I don't know. Series? But, uh, uh, yeah. Apparently, he, he gets like a full-on American flag like tattooed on his face, and he calls himself Nuke. <laughs> like okay. That's about much, but okay. Um, I didn't even wiki him. I, I I did not care for him at all. I thought he was okay for a while. He was a walking uh, MacGuffin. Uh, no, what? A no, no, no. A, a MacGuffin is something that the characters possess, like the Maltese Falcon. Uh-huh. That is a MacGuffin. That is the definition of a MacGuffin. Okay. Will I would not call I'm him a MacGuffin. I'm pretty sure Trish possessed him. 
Uh, yeah, that didn't take... Again, it, it escalated quickly. <laughs> Walks out wearing nothing but a towel, and I could hear Vanessa swooning in the other room going, What are you watching? <laughs> Say, it's homework. But um, uh, I thought he was very he was very useful. He was like, this is what that Jessica was about needed. All, that was about all he was. He was a thing. He was like freaking, okay, episode five, the first episode I really, really, really liked, uh, the, the Sandwich Saved Me, which is stupid-ass titles for these episodes. I'm sorry. Well, they're taken directly from quotes. That's right. They are taken re- directly from quotes, which sometimes I think is not the best thing to do. I but it. Okay. Um, he says, like, oh, there is, he was a little bit stilted in that he kind of pulls out of nowhere, like, I'm actually ex-military, and I did terrible things, and look, I can shoot a man in the neck perfectly from ten feet away, and he's like, that's a good skill to have. Okay, I retract my MacGuffin comment, and I'd like to replace that with plot convenience. Plot convenience. Yeah, there were a couple of plot convenient characters. Um, the professor, uh, Professor MacGuffin, who I literally named Professor MacGuffin. But oh, like but a you're going to fucking name. yell at me. Okay, I see how it is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Sit down if you're not already sitting down. Every time you say sit down, I feel like we just killed a raid boss. <laughs> uh, can we talk about that later? I know, I know that you'll want to come. It's like, you used to raid with me. It's like, yes, I did. That's, that's right. We don't need to talk about it. Don't worry but about it. But we don't need to. Um, God damn it. I lost my train of thought. Okay, uh, he was he was useful. He was like he was kind of like the military psychic, and was like, no, this is the third. We need this Han Solo in this in this trio here. We need someone like him. And then he got injured, and then he started taking these crazy whacked out pills from uh, what's his face there, Kozlov. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, did you research Kozlov? I did not, so I don't know anything about this character. No, I, like, like I said, any, anything that had to do with nukes slash will slash whatever, I I didn't care enough to research, to be honest. And then, then he fell right off the wagon. Like, uh, again, in episode 10, it's just gratuitous murder. He kills Oscar, and I'm like, you that. I screamed when I... I did not. It, I, like, jumped, and there was a little girl shriek. I, I admit it. I was not expecting that. I was like, holy like, shit. All you had to do was beat the answers out of him and just leave him. You didn't, didn't have to that, shoot him. That was when I knew that the, this guy was probably on track to be a supervillain. And if, yeah. he's, if he's the bad guy in season two, I'm going to be pissed because he is just dishwater. Uh, it, that was another thing we were going to cover is like, okay, uh, Kilgrave. Mm. Kilgrave's gone. Now what? Who the hell are you going to have that's going to be able to top that? Who's going to up the ante now that Kilgrave, the purple man, is gone? Mm-hmm. Um, and my answer is, well, yeah, it seems to be pointing towards this mysterious uh, IGH group which is, you know, in, involving with uh, Kozlov and involving with Will, of course. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be the direction I'd imagine would happen. But we've lost Kilgrave. We've lost such an influential, amazing character. And the original comics, Alias, actually ended with the Kilgrave confrontation. So that was the final, like, okay, that's it. We can't go any further, basically? Yeah. I okay. mean, well, then there was another series with Jessica in it, but that was... Um that was a whole other thing, and I, I really don't want to wreck it for you, because the Pulse was actually amazing. She actually ends up working for J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> I find that very appropriate. Oh, you'd love it. She she cusses the shit out of him. It's amazing. I need pictures of Spider-Man. I don't care. You have to fuck him to get him. But, sir, I'm Spider-Man. Then go fuck yourself. Oh my God. What? You're a dork. I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. I, I just find that um, J.K. Simmons as J. Joe Jameson is just it, it's perfect. It's exactly would, who he is. If, if she works for, for J.J. in season two, 
I will shank a bitch to get J.K. Simmons back as Jonah because <laughs> he was perfect. He seemed to enjoy that character. Oh my god, he was that character. There, there's yeah. some casting out there in the universe that's just so, like, just pixel perfect. You know what I mean? It, right. It's when you got Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Majestic. I think it, there was some interview I saw this somewhere. Somebody was like, you know, Tony, and then and, and then they're like, oh, I, I mean Robert, and he's like, no, no, that's fine, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that's spot on. That's spot on for sure. But uh, Kilgrave, oh, okay. Um, I, I've got to say, and I, this is the the second Netflix Marvel series that they've done now. I, I still have to say that Daredevil's take on Kingpin on uh, Wilson Fisk is better. I could I, not watch I really, really like that four. character. I couldn't do it. You get to but the it, car door scene, and I'm but like... But it was that moment that defined it for me. That I was, know, but I'm, I was like, nope, 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 that is way too much. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> you embarrass me. Bang, bang, bang. It was, okay, man, you got... Uh, you can stop. Oh, my oh my God. <laughs> He's perfect. This is exactly who he is. Yeah, poor guy really lost his head over it. He really did lose his head, yeah. Oh, I talk? That's, uh, that's a shame. You barely had to beat it into him. Oh, <laughs> okay, but uh, uh, comparison uh, Fisk versus Kilgrave, I know you're comparing apples to oranges. I know these are different really styles. Really violent apples and oranges. Well, Kilgrave had his moments, but he would always claim to say, technically, that wasn't me. Well, technically, yeah, that he wasn't doesn't me. think he's the bad guy. Kilgrave is... Uh, see, I had this point, and then I saw it on Tumblr, like... And I was like, God damn it. David Tennant saying that I think that a good villain doesn't believe that he is a villain. Yeah, like Donald Trump doesn't think he's evil. Donald Trump doesn't think he's a villain. I just kind of let that hang. Let that, let that sizzle for just a second there. I just, that was, that was a... that, that's great delivery. That's what that is. Oh, man. Did you just but, proc a hot streak because that was a critical burn? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Kilgrave not thinking he's a villain. No, that, that, is a, that is a good rule. If you want to write a proper villain, you have to... You have to have to make it so that the villain thinks like the villain thinks that uh, I'm doing nothing wrong. These terrible things are like no, I'm just this is not nothing wrong. But Fisk, I found, is just a little bit better version of that. Kilgrave was okay. Fisk was better. You just like the ones that don't have superpowers. Um, because and he, plus you can genuinely argue that you know Wilson actually genuinely cared for somebody. Whereas Kilgrave was deluded, and what what he thought was love was not. He, yeah, he was deluded. He was obsessive. He was impulsive. He's basically a brat, is what he is. But well, it still works. That's still okay. I, I'll I'll forgive that because he still thinks he's doing nothing wrong. He's just trying to get what he wants. Do you know what Kilgrave is? He is the living embodiment of toxic masculinity. Um. Okay, you don't explain. I'm not even going to comment on that one. Tell me, tell, what do you mean? Because you don't, you know, he's sitting there like I'm not doing anything wrong. Every I'm entitled to everything that I want. I should be able to not have any consequences for anything that I do. Nothing is ever my fault. You know, blah. It's a, he's <sighs> ah, living the dream, living the dream. No, yeah. <laughs> he's just God. You're such a man. I know. I know. He doesn't ever want, like, consequences for his actions, ever. He doesn't believe that he's ever... Like, like you said, he, he doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong. 
and it, 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 it like Jessica and, and the show, the show itself, bless it, never at any point tries to romanticize it or put it into perspective or give us Kilgrave's side. There is no side. You are a disgusting mental and physical rapist and you deserve to die. But they did. No, they did try to do that. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Episode 8. No, uh, well, that's... Yes? That's not eliciting sympathy for him. That's just saying, like, you know... But they try. No, no, no. That's the show trying to say that was Kilgrave's side. It's like, look at what they did to me. This is what my parents did to it's me. It's not an excuse. Is it? No, it's not an excuse. But for a brief second, you can see, like, okay, that kind of explains why he's messed up like, like that's this. That's the thing. A lot of people... There's, there's a difference between an explanation... And a, a, a reason, you know what I mean? Like, like a just. There's a reason between explanation reason and, and justification. Yeah. Okay. It's not a justification. What his parents did to him was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And they were trying to save his life, but they did it in like the wrongest possible way by using him as a science experiment. Okay, but think about it now. Uh, for someone who had no previous knowledge of it, episode eight. They kind of looked into it like, oh, this is what they did to me. And it's like, okay, that explains a little. I still don't think you get off for doing these things, but okay, I'll let that ride for a second. And it isn't until the next episode when you get his parents brought in to say, no, this is the reason why we were trying to introduce this this horrible virus in the system, which is bullshit, by the way. The pseudoscience in this show I, I really do not like. I, I consider myself a man of science. I consider myself... Like, you got to take some of your science to be like, at least a little bit believable. This was just kind of bullshit. And they you want to talk bullshit power. science, I'll talk about the Flash all day with you, okay? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. That is um, pure, wacky, Silver Age, grade A science crap. Freezing laser beams. My freezing God. laser beams. Um, but then Albert, uh, Kilroy's father... Uh, Professor Albert says, all, all like, uh, oh, his powers stem from a viral infection. I'm like, no, it doesn't. No, stop. You misheard. That he said what? his his powers were a virus. They didn't say it was from a virus. He had a brain infection that they were trying to cure. In doing so, created something new. I thought they were in trying to in- imply new. that he's actually spreading. A something like a toxin or a pheromone or he something like that. Kind of does, yeah. That's that's sort of, but it, it that works is still garbage. Virally, nah, it does. What? <laughs> that would suggest. I agree, that I agree that it was it was poorly said. Yeah, it, it wasn't very well explained. Or even when they were like uh, trying to create the the enhancements. The enhancements. I was like, oh, we're just going to take the harvested fetus that Jerry conveniently kept. That was the grossest fucking that thing was, in the whole series. And that was totally I, and that's putting that up against Reuben and Robin. Totally unnecessary. Actually, oh there's another God. thing that was also totally unnecessary. I'll come back to it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to harvest the stem cells and we're going to put in the chemicals. It's like, that's not how it works. Well, you can argue that, like, uh, a sort of superhuman ability, even if it was granted by science was part of his DNA now and might have possibly been passed on to his child. Um, even that's it's dodgy. comics, you gotta run with it. Even that's dodgy because, uh, yeah, you're right, the, the virus would have had to have done something to his DNA structure, but it's like, nah, Which not... Which might have done. Oh, it might have done, but this isn't exactly Spider-Man. Even well, dodgy, but... no, but he's still got, like, injected with weird shit, and who knows what they did exactly. I mean, they're not gonna go into, like, the actual, quote, science, unquote, of it. I would have expected more physical changes. I mean, when his, his veins go all purple, ah, like, yeah, in that's the comics. 
Yeah, he and is the carpets. Yes, I did see that. Yes, he is totally purple. Which was really neat, because he's always wearing purple. He was backlit by purple. His yep. veins turn purple. His face flashes purple for a second. In right? The last yeah, uh, episode 12. Uh, I was like, oh, I see what you did there. He's in, uh, it almost looked like he was in a cathedral, actually. It wasn't a cathedral. It was just uh, like a dance hall. And it's, come back I love the, the stage. camera work in this That's series. Like, oh, my God. It was so beautifully shot. Um. Yeah, it was the same studio that did Daredevil. Was it not same guys? I'm not entirely sure. I would have to look it up, but because even the Dare. Okay, I know you didn't watch the episode four episode. Yo, but I did see Daredevil. episode two with that fight scene down the hallway. That was one Yo. shot. That was one shot. That was that hooked imagine. me right there. To say that's impressive. Yeah, uh, that, I haven't seen that stuff since like Tony Jaw. You know. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's all one shots, and then uh, you, you you ask Vanessa, and she would say that uh, microwave when he some guy comes walking mm-hmm. down the hall and he gets fucking smoked with a microwave. Just yes, I had to watch that like fifty times. I had to because it's so perfectly done. Is <clears throat> done, and he's on the floor and he's bleeding. Ding. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's ready. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh... Put some out of context signs on that. Hot pockets. Oh my god. <laughs> Hot pockets are horrible. Uh, okay. Uh, but unnecessary. Um, hope. I'd, uh, it didn't have to end that way. It was, it was a perfect example of a woman in a refrigerator because she was killed for no other reason than to spur the hero on into superheroics. Is that the definition? That we, we is discussed the defini- this earlier. Yes. Definition of refrigeration is basically, okay, you're done. That comes, the that hero's comes, plot has been for, advanced. For our, for our viewers, viewers, listeners who don't know, uh, the very, very excellent comic book writer Gail Simone, before she started writing comics, um, did a website called Women in Refrigerators. Go look it up. It's amazing. It's not really up to date, but it's still around. And it comes from a scene in Green Lantern when Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern and his girlfriend Alex was killed uh, and just sort of unceremoniously dismembered and stuck in the refrigerator. <laughs> she got kind wow. of, well, not even dismembered, she got kind of like folded into the fridge. <laughs> we only see like the tiniest peak of like hair and limbs. And well, you know, the proper way to dispose of a body is to cut it into six pieces and put it into a freezer, Stop right? Stop talking before you get the cops called on you. It's called Snatch. Look it up. Also a great movie, but keep going. Well, I, I Googled that one time, and I came up with far different search results than I think you were looking for. But anyway. Well, okay. Going on. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's sort of like it was so gratuitously unnecessary that Gail started looking... It, it was sort of like a pattern. A lot of female characters die simply to provide motivation for the hero to go and do their hero things. And it's not their life that matters, it's their death. And that's sort of what Women in Refrigerators was about. I think the most glaring example and the most famous one would be Gwen Stacy. Um, are you referring to Gwen Stacy in the... Pardon me, the most recent movie or just in general? Both. It was the pre- pretty much the same death. Well, you're right. It was pretty much the same day. <clears throat> I thought the second, the, the latest Spider-Man movie, I thought had good moments, but not very many of them. And that sudden death, I was like, oh, well, that kind of shoehorn that in. Great. Gwen's purpose was I to suppose. die, so Peter would get revenge on the Green Goblin in the comics. Right. That's, that was that yeah. was her entire point. You know, she's gonna die. And man, if you find like a couple issues down from that. They got some hate mail. They better be so glad the internet wasn't invented back then. <laughs> <'Cause>... 
damn. Would that, have, would that have stopped them? I don't know. I don't think so. Looking at what Marvel has been trying to pull <laughs> off, it's like I don't think that would have stopped them. I don't think it stops them now. No, it wouldn't have stopped them. It just would have, like the outrage machine would have gotten like a lot worse. I think it would have gotten a little bit louder. Yeah, it would have had the volume turned up for sure. Um, but uh, even even the portrayal, the, the tail end of episode ten, where uh, it, it's the showdown in the bar. And Albert spritzes himself with the totally useless vaccine, by the way. Mm-hmm. Totally fucking pointless. I, I but couldn't it was believe worth a that. Shot. It was worth a shot, I suppose, to show that at least he was brave enough to kind of man up to his, uh, to his mistakes. But it makes you feel better. They don't, they don't explain Kilgore's powers in the comics. Um... Uh, and I guess because I'm I'm inquisitive enough to kind of like figure out like how did this get done? How did this exactly work? And in the end, I'm kind of you know I don't care anymore. Kilgrave's powers were so inconsistently or even poorly explained. I just stopped caring after a while. I think they should have just kept it as he was a mutant. Um, I think that would have worked. Maybe they could have. Maybe they could have done that. Then it wouldn't have had to have the whole like scientific explanation thing. I don't know. It looks like they kept writing it. They kept rewriting it every now and again, even after the enhancements. It's like, yeah, I can control for 12 hours. Oh, no, maybe it's 11. Oh, no, maybe it's 13. Look, I can do 16 now. Now I can do 24. Now I can control 600 people or well, one person through walls. or amped up. But it was, it was so stilted. It was so – they kept changing the rules. And at the end of the day, was Jessica even affected by it? No. Yes. Yes, she was originally when he first Originally, died. but – and that wasn't explained either. It's like, oh, you have an immunity now, suddenly. Do you know okay. what? No, they did explain it. They did explain it. You totally did not pay attention. I'm going to school you right now. Fine, then. The moment she killed Reva, even Luke said, that's... you didn't want to kill her, and that's what snapped you out of it. That's not enough. There would have How been... How do you know? That... No, 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 no. Okay, let, let's <clears throat> think here. Um, uh, when Luke was controlled by Kilgrave and he blew up a bar, mm-hmm. awesome scene to see him just kind of walking out of the bar on fire thinking, this is fine. <coughs> that was great. I know you were so excited you're coughing over it. Sorry. Um, he's walking out of the building on fire just, this is fine. This is, you know, this is nothing new. I'm, I'm just made of iron. That's okay. Um, when he was controlled by that, he didn't want to blow up that bar. He even said, like, everything I had left. life. No, 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 no. When he said that you know, everything I had left of my old life, everything I had left of Riva was here. Right. That is something I would think is like, I really, 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 really don't want to do this, but Kilgrave says I have to. I have to press this button. Would that not be enough to snap him out of that as well? Possibly, but he didn't actually kill anybody. Jessica did, it something, Jessica did something so contrary to herself to kill an innocent woman. Because she wants to be a hero. This has been established. Jessica wants to be the good guy. And she hates herself for not being able to live up to that whole, like, like what Trish has. You know what I mean? That, that whole, like, I want to be a superhero. I want to help people. I want to do good. You know, Trish is all gung-ho for that. By the way, she actually does have her own series coming out. She, she, she is in the comics as a superhero. Of course. Patsy Walker, Hellcat. Oh, okay. She's awesome. Mm. But these these people that get controlled, they are doing things mm. that, for all intents and purposes, could be completely against what they want to do. Look at the last, very last episode, uh, which was very well filmed, uh, when they're up in the penthouse tower, and you just walk in the door, and you hear that grinding, low grinding noise. And it's Those like, are what? also normal human beings. Jessica's not. But that's not my point. What my point is, if all it takes <laughs> is for someone who is controlled to do something completely against their original nature, be they superhuman or not... 
it's very possible that these people would have snapped out of it and been completely immune to it. And, that means and Jessica's that Jessica the only Jessica person that's gone special. It. Yeah, that means that there's something about Jessica that just so completely in that one moment rejected everything that Kilgrave ever was. I, it, I okay. find that fascinating. I, th- I think that's a great superhero moment. In, and in, maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's all the... That's the explanation. Like, yeah, she's just special and she's immune to it. It's like, I still think that's flimsy as hell. No. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just disagree with you to death on this one. <laughs> Whatever. You're no. entitled to your opinion. I'm not saying you're wrong. Opinion, I'm just I saying, a lot like... Of these things were just, like, I'm that's saying it was still to explained. Ah, uh, well. Just because you didn't buy the explanation doesn't mean that there wasn't one. Uh, this this is all... It's all rubbing up against this idea of mysteries lose all of their their compelling nature. They lose all of their intrigue the moment you explain it. That's something that I mentioned before when I was talking about horror movies and when Rob Zombie redid Halloween and he gave Michael Myers a backstory. Go fuck yourself, dude. Uh, I remember watching that and I, I hoped for something better because I thought, hey, Rob Zombie, he's, you know, House of Thousands. I'm not. I a... thought, maybe this could be good, but yeah, no. Because now you're just killing indiscriminately for no reason. It's like, now I have to question you. Why before do you, you just why do you have to? Yeah. Because you could. Before he was just like, oh, he's Jason. Shrug. Yeah, well, or, he's, uh, or he's Michael Myers. Shrug. Or he's Freddy. Shrug. That's all he does. He, he kills people, you know? Don't over-explain your monsters. Don't over-explain your villains. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is getting up against, uh, oh, we don't want to over-explain it. And when we do try to explain it, it's just flimsy and thin as hell. So you think it would have been better had we just not had an explanation whatsoever for Kilgrave's powers? Because I'm, I'm starting to lean on that side, to be honest. With you. I, I might like a little bit of it. A bit of a backstory to say, like, oh, it was an experiment gone wrong, you know, that old chestnut. And you could have left it there. Maybe you could have left it there. That would have been good. I think that would have yeah. worked. Like I said, in the comics, there's no explanation. Well, that, that's that, that's going to be the most because that's going to be the most universal thing that's used to explain why this person became a superhero. This person became a supervillain. Hey, is. wasn't wasn't Wolverine cooler before he had a backstory? Um, <laughs> a little bit. Little bits. Again, it was you know, it's more compelling because he was still a mystery and the How things that Rogue didn't have a name. <laughs> Rogue didn't have a name. I like him better um, that. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but even uh, even Jessica's powers are not quite fully explained. It's just a case of, oh, something happened. Do you want to know? Well, it, no, it was in a car accident, and chemicals splashed on her, and suddenly she's like, oh, I have powers. And yeah. it's like, okay, good enough. Well, Fine. Yeah, that that actually was it. Peter Parker was bitten by a spider. Okay, done. Got it. Uh, Bruce Banner did terrible things to himself, and he absorbed gamma radiation like a fucking sponge, and now he's the Hulk. But do you okay. know what makes sense within this continuity? Why would Jessica know that? How would she know that? Her whole family was killed. Um, see, I don't know how the series would explain it, but I remember that what I did research after I watched the episodes, I allowed myself to kind of browse and wander and say, okay, what's the deal? And her family was killed in a car accident, and uh, she was splashed by horrible radioactive chemicals. Mm-hmm. Out Just like Daredevil. Just like Daredevil, although it affected him in stranger ways. Well, got in his eyes. Well, but for her, it didn't. It just got on her for whatever reasons. I don't know, should you absorb it through her ears? I have no idea. <laughs> it's got on her, and suddenly she has, like, crazy superpowers. Although I do argue that, um, you know, being a private detective is like, there's nothing wrong with that. that. That's cool. Why aren't you using your powers more often? 
Because she doesn't... She's the kind of person who is stubborn and doesn't want to rely on something. Middle of the goddamn night, you can jump around the city, uh, I imagine, of New York fairly reasonably, and people wouldn't notice. She doesn't want to. That's just her thing. She doesn't want to be... could have skipped so much time. She doesn't like her powers that much. Ah... Well, Trish was the one who was all like, I want your superpowers, I want to be a superhero, I want to wear the little, like, outfit spandex. I love that they had her costume. I loved I would have killed to see Kristen Ritter in that thing, trying to have any sort of... We have images of Kristen Ritter in much less, so... No, um, but I'm just sitting there like, I I want to see her in the jewel costume. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they made fun of that in the show, that was great. I have to say, though, that if we're talking about reluctant superheroes that are like, I have superpowers, but I don't want to use them, I think that Luke was a better portrayal of that. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, you know, the, there's, there's, they, that's their similarity, but they're still two different people, and, you know, you gotta, that's, it's Jessica's call. Honestly, I, I guess so. But look at the bar fight. Look at the bar that fight. That was like, cool. Uh, well, I think it was the second or third episode. Uh, I think it was the second one. Um, where these guys are going after <clears throat> Luke, and it's just like he's getting smashed over the head, and he just rolls his eyes, and it's like, "Well, you, you, you chose this. This is what you wanted." <clears throat> and then at the end of the end of the fight, they're all kind of getting. It's like, "What in the hell happened?" It's like you had a bad night. Go home and sleep. It's like that. That is true strength. I, I do really, really like that, and that's what sold me on Luke. But, I, I'm um, looking forward to a series. I'm sure Jessica's going to be in it. It seems that Jessica just kind of shrugs it off as if she's forgetting that she has them. Or more like she just doesn't I, want to. Or she doesn't want to, but I keep thinking, it's like, for all of this desperation you're fighting against, for all of these terrible things, would it not help? Eh. I, I, I don't know. I, I think she's underusing what she could use. Even if she's hesitant, you can be that way. Yeah, no, you've got a point. I mean, she'll use them... If there's no other choice, it, it seems. It finds like she's just breaking locks and breaking into doors or throwing someone against the wall or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, there was another situation with Luke, uh, I think it was in episode 12, where they're in Albert's apartment, or uh, his hotel room, whatever it was. And there's that, that bitch of a, ho- a hotel maid that's like, I'm not going to give you these things, you're going to have to buy it. And Luke just calmly picks her up and just sort of lifts her away. It's like, oh, oh, Luke, you're so strong. It's like, that's good. That's perfect, right there. Did you need a minute? I'll be okay. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> just to look at her face, too. Just, oh. <laughs> Couldn't stop laughing. I, I, I gotta admit, Luke is a very, very pretty man. Yes, well, he's a pretty man. Uh, so, yeah, that's Jessica Jones. Um, I, I thought it was okay. I like Daredevil more. I, I guess maybe because I wasn't quite sure what to expect with this one. Yeah, I might have possibly pitched it a little bit wrong. I just really wanted you to watch it. I felt like I was and, setting you up on a date. And I did, but I, I'd hoped for more of a detective vibe to it. She's a detective. She drinks whiskey. She's your perfect girl. Okay, the whiskey. Okay, <laughs> the whiskey. Are you going to bitch about this again? <sighs> what did we have? We had, like, frickin' uh, Wild Turkey was there. Did they call uh, it that, though? Because I, I rewatched no, it. No, there were like brand name whiskeys on like there. That. No, uh, I'm pretty sure, oh, maybe they did change that. I'm uh, pretty sure, because I used to work at a liquor store very, very, very briefly, so I know a lot of these brands. <laughs> and then, uh, Wild yeah, Turkey was I there. I can imagine how well uh, Heaven Still was there. A uh, couple there. others I'm probably forgetting. And in the, the meantime, it's still dancing around saying, you haven't got a good whiskey on this show as of yet. Shame on you. Oh, I'm sorry that the casting bothered you so much. The casting bothered me because they didn't have Crown Royal. They didn't have Jameson. By which I mean the whiskey, not me. 
There's a reason why I drink my own name. It's good stuff. It's better it really than calls fr- your conception into question, though. My conception? Excuse me. <laughs> Are you the whiskey drinker in this this little conversation here? No. Fuck whiskey. No. Else. Give me vodka. <sighs> Whatever. Vodka. That's some good shit. What is the greatest whiskey in the world as of 2015? I don't know, Jameis. What is the greatest whiskey a, in the world as of 2015? It's a Canadian product called Northern Harvest Rye by Crown Royal, and it's goddamn hard to find mm-hmm. now because it's like super limited edition. I've been trying for weeks to get some, but the, my point I've is been like for weeks to get some too. That bottle is only thirty-two dollars. Mm-hmm. That's it. It is not by any stretch expensive, super crazy whiskey. It is now. Well, no, it's not. They're going to keep it at the same price. I, I thought about that, too, as I think it's jacked the price. And, well, it can make a billion dollars off of this. <coughs> but they will not. And you were clearly bored by my extravagant ranting upon whiskey, so let's move on. <laughs> I told you, man, I'm a vodka girl. Ah. It's called right whiskey. Now, Get some good stuff. My God. I even thought that uh, the Luke would have made a comment to her, like, looking at the empty bottles in her apartment. like, pfft. Sit. It's all you got. He said, and the very, like, the very first thing he said to her was like, "We've got better stuff inside." You're right. Actually, that is true. The very first time, like, we got better stuff inside. Like, follow that man. But He's how would he correct. know? I mean, she had it in a paper bag. Uh, I don't know. Ah. Uh... Shut up. I'm sorry. Shut I've up. ruined your boyfriend for you. You ruined my boyfriend. <clears throat> what do you think of the Jessica Kilgrave shippers that are out there? Because I'm just like, did you even watch the show? There was a brief period, and my, my favorite episode of the entire season was number eight, which is where they were in the house. It was super, super awkward, and there was a brief, brief shining moment when they went to go help out that random family, and they worked together, and it was like, wow, this is really crazy effective. I wondered if there would have been like this kind of reluctant, hostile, fragile alliance nope. to say, I have to be his conscience, otherwise he's going to break out of the box. And I thought, maybe they'll entertain that for an episode. Maybe it'll be kind of tense. We were and not that- going to see the wacky adventures of Jessica and Kilgrave, okay? <sighs> not have tuned in for that. I would have. No, I w- because she's so thoroughly disgusted by him and everything that he allowed is. It. It- it, it couldn't have lasted for long. No way it would have lasted for very long, but I would have allowed it to just... just she probably just felt dirty bits. just weaponizing him in the first place. And that's the point, right? She did. She went into the house against every fiber in her being to begin with. So, I, I don't know. But then, of course, she stabs him in the neck with a needle. It's like, oh, well, there goes that, that, there goes that tangent. There goes my idea. We're, we're doing this instead. There are some people that are just pure evil, and they are irredeemable, and just don't even try. I mean, the, the, Kilgrave is wicked to the core, and she just did not buy that nobody taught me to be good excuse. Yeah, that was pretty flimsy, too. But uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was a neat sequence. I thought it could have maybe been stretched a little bit more. Oh, let's talk about the ending, by the way, because you oh, were so disappointed in that next I- nap was disappointed. I loved it. I jumped up and cheered. The look on her face, coupled with the delivery of that line, that little smirk, that just head shake, that smile, snap, fuck you. I jumped up and screamed. I was like, yes! Let's let's put in the context of why why I was like, (laughs) why is it you wanted something more elaborate? Well, okay, uh, you know, I watched the old James Bond films, mm-hmm. and the villain always has, like, an elaborate death that's, you know, appropriate or, 
you know, look, a satellite fell on him or something like that. It's like, that wouldn't have happened anywhere else, but it's like, yes, it's appropriate, or I'm invincible and suddenly I'm doused in liquid nitrogen and I'm, now I'm frozen forever and someone can just shatter me with a touch. It's, I'm not saying it needed it, but I would consider that for all of the rage, all the frustration, all the things that Jessica could have done to that man, she could have lifted him off his feet and buried him in the yacht he was trying to take off on, and then he could have, like, he could have punched a hole through the yacht, he's down to the bottom of the harbor, and then the ship sinks on top of him. Okay. It could have been a lot more than just, I'm going to snap his neck. It's like, you could have done that ages ago, and why didn't you? <clears throat> Okay. This could have happened as early as episode five. She was literally <laughs> straddling him and punching him in the face. I said, just break his neck and let's move on. But she no. She wanted justice, not vengeance. Uh, and then when Hope died, then she wanted vengeance. Justice cost her a lot of lives. I know, and that's why she changed her mind. And she just wanted pure, simple vengeance. Because that's was- what Hope wanted. That was Hope's dying wish. Because she lost uh, hope. She, it's a metaphor, Janice. It's she a metaphor. lost hope. Well, well you know, technically, uh, is it using like or as? So that makes it not a metaphor, but it's a simile. You know what? Eat my dick. It, the, the, oh. point stands. the point stands. Can you feel it? <laughs> Can you feel it? Uh-huh. Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Okay. Here's, here's my take on that, is that... Once Hope died, that was it. There was, there was no more reason to do this the right way. That was, that was Jessica actually sort of shooing away the last... I, I hate to keep saying this, last bit of hope she had for herself to be a superhero and do the right thing and process him through the law. We know that's not going to happen because he can take over... It was never going to happen in the first place. Right, but I think she was in some sort of denial. She still wanted to be the superhero who did the right thing and saved the day and saved the girl and blah, blah, blah. She still had that sort of dream for herself. And by the end of the episode, that's gone. You know, that's why she was so taken aback by all those phone calls, you know, on her voicemail, like, Jessica, save us, Jessica, help me, Jessica, you can do this, Jessica, you know, and and she's looking at it like, no, this isn't, this isn't me. But Malcolm steps up to it, because he's the one with with the heart of the hero. Hmm. That's actually not a bad way of putting it, is that who has the heart of the hero? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's not her, actually. Exactly. It's, it's the people that surround her. Now That's that she's done this, it. now that she's taken this life, a disgusting, worthless life as it was, that's still something that she didn't want to do. She didn't want to, you know, she didn't want to be a murderer. She felt bad enough over Reva. She probably didn't shed a tear over Kilgrave, but the fact that, like, she just wanted to maybe... I think maybe it might have been her, like, realizing she can't really save herself. Because she's been trying to go it alone the whole time. She wanted to do everything independently. She didn't want any help from Trish. She didn't want any help from Will. She wanted everybody away from her. She was a liability. You know, and, and you can't do it, Jess. You, you, you can't help yourself. You've got to let other people into your life. But that's what the them... series is screaming at us, to say, like, uh, I want to do it by myself. It's like, well, you can't. Yeah, you I know. And that's the many, lesson... many, 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 many times. That's the lesson that Jessica needed to learn. I, I guess, I guess. I, I just think that the, the manner of the death, the way that it was portrayed is kind of, nah, it could have been no, more allowed. It, it could have been more fun. I think it was perfect the way it was, because here you got Kilgrave, genuine fear in his eyes, right? He has put everything he possibly can in Jessica's path to stop Jessica from getting... She's just like uh, the angel of death to him. You know, he's given up on having her, now he just needs to escape her, you know. 
she's just implacable, coming toward like 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 Jason Voorhees, just marching towards him on that dock. You know, get, everything is getting out of the way. You know, and then he, he he plays his one last card, which is Trish, and it doesn't work. And then she just you know, that 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 smile neck snap was the biggest fuck you she could have possibly done to him, because he probably look at how Kilgrave looks at himself. These great grand glorious gestures. This whole like he 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 wanted. He's over the top. He's simple and and. He's elegant, and he wanted to have, you know, he, he's got, like, expensive taste in foods and drinks and fancy lingerie and the best hotels and the best of this and the best of that. He probably wanted the best death. He probably wanted a great big showdown. And he didn't get it, because Jessica's like, you're not fucking worth it. You're dirt. You don't deserve this. Jessica is Jessica, and she is not going to lower herself to that sort of mental... What's the word I'm looking for? What you're saying is that she wouldn't have put herself through the exertion, just, I'm tired, I'm, I'm dirty, I'm filthy, and I'm just going to break your neck and move on now. Yeah, because you're not worth it, Kilgrave. You think you're special, and you're not. You I still would have thrown him into the yacht. I still would have thrown him right into the yacht and just, like, meteored him right through, so he's got just this tons of steel crushing over the bottom of the bay. No, I, think it's, I think it's beautiful, because then she, it's just so physical and raw and just you know this is the only time i will ever touch you of my own volition it's to end you i Mm. loved that it was her spitting on him so not only did that was an indignity to him and kilgrave cannot stand in like indignity cannot stand in dignity uh well he's he's a bit of a ponce of course but he wants everything to be perfect and, and fancy and polished, and Jessica's all, you know, rough and, and, and dirty and, you know, whatever. She's, she's, they're complete antitheses of one another. Was Kilgrave also a Brit in the comics, or was that ever really explained? I can't recall off the top of my head, but I, just I don't think they said a, one way or another. Yeah, I just wonder if that's an effect of who they well, chose don't be as the actor. <laughs> Listen, I have he nothing to say so well, about uh, David Tennant. Shit out of me. David Tennant, I'm sorry, gets MVP for Best Actor for this well, entire. Well, and Kristen Ritter, you got to. I mean, she had so much acting in her. She face did alone. do very well. But she did do very well. But in the in the pairing, I think they worked very well with each other. There was good chemistry there. Excellent. But I, I still got to say, David Tennant, not because of his history, but just his sheer skill. I, I thought that was great. Fantastic. Well, the man Episode number Hamlet, nine. For God's sake. At number nine, when he's when he's in the the hyperbolic chamber, which again I have other things to say about, but um, he's in the chamber, and there are long periods where he says nothing. Mm-hmm. He says nothing. He just kind of looks, and he's got this kind of a sad, pathetic look in his face. Just, lion too, though. E- exactly. Yeah, like, that's all he needs to do is just sort of project his presence. Is like who you know, not very many people can really pull that off successfully. So that that was great. Yeah, it was, it was so. fantastic. I, I wonder if there's not just the shippers just because David Tennant is pretty, and that really bothers the hell out of me. Uh, shippers can go screw themselves. Not, it's not this one. It's like, it's nah, it doesn't work, They've guys. They've gone out of their way to say this is the most disgusting human being, and like, no, he loves her. Oh my God, you don't know. Maybe he does, but no, it's coming off in a really, really strange way. This is just obsession. He this wanted is just... to possess her, not love right. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big difference. It's creepy. It's it's those creepy guys, you know. Like, Reminds me of Win on Supergirl. I don't like him. Uh-huh. Oh, there's the shit out of me. 
just gives off this creeper vibe. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, Jessica Jones. Um, overall, good. Not what I expected, but I know you have nothing but glowing reviews to say about it. I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I'm sorry if it wasn't exactly pitched to your specifications, but... I, I doubt I'll find a show that's absolutely perfect, but, you know, there's some have come close. Write it yourself, nerd. Ugh, but that takes effort and time, and I have a job to do, and I have a house to look for, <laughs> so you won't be able to find me. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll just ask Ness. Ah. <laughs> oh, incidentally, I was going to get you a Christmas present because I found, like, the most perfect thing, and you would not believe the shipping that they want. It would have been cheaper to, like, have them ship to me and then me ship it to you. I'm not joking. It would have been like thirty dollars cheaper, so you wouldn't have seen it till like January. It. Well, what would it have been then? I'm, I'm not sure telling you can reveal because it. I might still yet buy it. <sighs> It'll be well after Christmas, but. Uh huh. I was gonna get something for your lady friend too. Oh, she's got some nice stuff coming her way for sure. I know, but I. Didn't... I was Actually, gonna. Well, that, I, I was gonna buy you guys a bottle of that whiskey, but. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw uh, something better. Uh, the, the one I described, yes, or the, the good good luck trying to find it? I found it online. Uh, let me put it this way. I live literally, physically, two hours away from where they make it. I found it online. Okay, but how much are they charging for it? Probably about 50 bucks. <laughs> it's overpriced. Your face is overpriced. You can shut up. I know my whiskey. <laughs> So, in speaking of other things that we know about, uh, we still have... What do we have time here? Oh, my God. We still have, like, uh, way more time in your podcast. I don't know what you kids do for podcasting these days for time limits, but we, we can still blather about other things. I think we an hour because my voice is starting to kind of give out a little bit. I was going to go on longer. I really was, but it's starting to hurt. Okay. Then perhaps we should give this one to a close. Um, this has been fun. Uh, you can probably summon me up again for other reviews or other things or other podcasts if you wish. I probably have other things to say. If you find, I would love to have you start reviewing video games if you get like you know decent recording equipment. That's something I would like to do. Like, there's a lot of games I kind of look back and it's like these are old games, but they're fun. Yeah, it doesn't have to be contemporary. Uh, it it's yeah, it doesn't have to be modern, it doesn't have to be Look, contemporary. The point of made a fail is to share your passions with other people. That's the whole point. You come in, you say, This is awesome and here's why you know? And and, and you know, just just to share fun things with an audience and, and maybe then, you know, other people can find something that they love and make other people happy and I'm sort of an idealistic fuck, so. Well, I, I think it would be it would probably come off a lot more in the style of uh, the Let's Drown Out series. Uh, by uh, uh, Peter Gabriel and um, Yachty Krosok, but um, or just uh, something old and obscure like the Oregon Trail, and it's like, who the hell plays this and does a Let's Play of Did this? Did you just call the Oregon Trail obscure? I would say so. What? Everybody uh, in America played that. Uh, well, we played it they here in Canada as well, actually. Like... Yes, I know. I know. I remember the Apple II computer. I'm that old to remember that. Buddy. I'm dating myself, I'm sure. Buddy. But. Well, somebody ought to. Uh-huh. <laughs> but listen here, buddy, okay? This is, this is, I'm like, what, five five years older than you? Uh, sure. I was around for the advent of this shit, okay? I was there before color monitors. Oh. Yeah. Oh, mm. And yet I get mad at you when you call me old, so. <laughs> I know, I'm impossible. I don't know what games I'm supposed to review. Jeez. Uh, 
Remember when I tried to review World of Warcraft and tried to rewrite one of the expansions? Which I loved. I still Which have that I, document. I look back on that now, and I'm like, I don't know you if I would have gone to the do same it because thing. Because you got bored with WoW. I got bored with it, and also it was right at the time when they announced Legion, and it, I don't know. No, it's, that was before they announced Legion. Um, no, it was right around that time because World of Draenor, whatever the fuck it was, Warlords, sure, Wad. <laughs> which had some fantastic points to it, but just the, died in the story do, department. The raids are at least fun. I gotta give them uh, fantastic uh, mechanics. The the fights are interesting. The fights are challenging. Uh, I have a really good time every Thursday. Uh, okay, I, I, I won't doubt them for their, their sheer amount of imagination they put into those fights. And I was fucking killed for your AoE on this one fight that had nothing but ad spawns. But then I looked at this, what was it, 6.2 Hellfire Citadel, and it's like, yes. it's green, it's it's demons, yes. it's Black Temple, Fight it's... Burning Legions! No, sorry, I, I look at nothing but the Burning Legions, just a bunch of trash mobs. Nope, nope, I, I nope. Can't, I'm there I like cannot me. get excited about it at all. I am pumped, everything looks awesome. I am so bored with demons and legion and crap and... At least it's not another orc raid. Okay, true enough. Point. Yeah, a it's tired of orcs. Orc a little tired of orcs. I, as much as I hate to say it, I miss the Lich King. I really do. You got and look. I, I started Deathwing. in Kata. What do you What do you want? Look at what I've had to like. And as much as I hate to say it, I miss Deathwing. <laughs> when we're talking about imagination for fights, look at the Deathwing spine fight. Oh my God, LFR spine is just the most painful memory I have. <laughs> oh God. I mean, that was, that was the high point. Was pretty bad. Our, our group, that was the high point of our, of our raid history. That was, the, that was the golden age back then, when we were the first RPG group guild on that server, and we beat it. We beat it 8 for 8 on normal, and we did it in one night. We were up to a point where we were grinding on the airship. You, you know which airship I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And then one night, we broke through and were like, hey, we finally got it, let's try Spine. And we one-shot Spine. One-shot spine, no problem. And they're like, okay, let's try madness. And we one-shot madness. Let me tell you a little story about my old guild. Where I started in Kata, and I thought the Deathwing was the coolest thing I've ever seen in the entire world. You got that opening cinematic, and it's like, raw, you know, Azeroth will burn beneath the shadow of my wings. And that I was like, was oh my god, it's so cool! And, that was a great title shot, for and, sure. And I got the Stood in the Fire achievement back before, you know, Dragon Soul came out. So yeah. when he was flying around, just burninating every, the countryside, and oh, it was so cool. Burninating the peasants. That's <laughs> is, you know, he was a man, then he was a dragon man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I love the I love the story. Actually, do you ever look into uh, how they invented Trogdor? Like where that actually kind of came about? Wasn't he just like a squiggle? Uh, he was a squiggle, yes, but I mean, like, the concept of the brothers' chaps who actually came up with it. No. They, they explained to say, like, how did we come up with this? Like, uh, it's funny because one of the brothers was actually having a shower. And he started singing random words. <laughs> and it kind of came with, was a man, was a dragon man. It's like, that's why I'm firmly convinced that the shower is the best place to come up with any idea. Yeah, but God forbid you'd want to write them down. Well, it'd be kind of tricky because you're probably all wet and slippery. Usually. Yes. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so my old guild, I took... I took you know, I was raiding properly every night. You know, I was up there in DPS back when, you know, I was the AoE fucking queen. We had, like, one of every mage. You know, we, we had fire and ice and, and arcane and everything. It was, it was, we had a lot of mages. I never did get my fucking hat to drop. I was so mad. 
But, um, so we're putting in the time, we're putting the effort. Um, it was not as smooth as a typical Templars run because our raid leader did not have Jarek's infinite patience. Uh, okay. And uh, a lot of lot of finger pointing and you know loud blaming and rage quitting and whatever. Anyway, point is, it was my birthday, and I think it was 2011, 12, something like that. Right. And so I took the night off because I'm like, I'm gonna have a birthday and you know not have friends over because I don't have any and cake and whatever. And they killed him without me. <laughs> I was so pissed. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Every time I have a night off, you guys end up doing progression. It, it, it's like, this has been happening to me for years. Every time I'm off some night of raiding, you guys, like, kill the boss that we've been, like, grinding up against, like, glass-chewing whatever. Because <laughs> you were there that one night that I wasn't there, and then you killed, like, the two bosses we were stuck on. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it was, um... Oh, it was in, it was in uh... Blackrock Foundry, um, uh, Heart of the Furnace, and um, uh, I Iron Admiral. barely remember those two fights. I think it was a case of I was there for like one night, and like, oh, we need Dude, your help. Dude, Heart of the like, Furnace, okay, that's heard, you know, nothing that. but fucking AoE, and your uh, Elemental Shami AoE is like god tier. If you're referring to my high DPS numbers, I'm barely involved. All I do are just press chain buttons. Lightning. Earthquake All chain I do lightning. is just press buttons in the right order, and it kind of you know gives a little nudge out of the door. So uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You kicked ass, and I miss you in raid. Eh. No, I I don't see myself going back to it anytime oh, soon. Oh, it's just sad. I won't yeah, not even this. It's like oh, you can get a moose mount. It's like fucking of I course. I got my moose mount last night. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes, I would like of to course. think. Of course. I would like right to think. Right at the think. time, and I said that for years. I said that for years. It's like, ah, all these mounts of, oh, dragons and turtles and pandas. And it's like, oh nah, my. give me a moose mount, and then I'll be interested. And then what do they come out with after I've said, nope, no more. I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And I will be just like, it is nice looking, but not enough for me to it get back to it. It looks so cool. I'm flying around on that thing in Moonglade, and its its antlers it has yeah it flies. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, yes, its feet glow. Its oh. feet glow blue, and its antlers glow blue, and it's so all like it's night elfy. To... And I'm like, uh, I'm I'm probably going to make that my my druid's mount for like the entirety of Legion. So its hooves glow. Yes, and its antlers have runes on them. All right. <laughs> so I tried, and and so anyway, so the guild run, because you got to kill heroic Archimon before like 7.0 comes out, which is going to be another six months. Yeah, I know, but still, but still. So my friend Jen, who uh, just joined Templars because I've been yelling at him for like a year and a half to do so, because all of his other guilds sucked. Um, he he finally he uh, had like. 600,000 gold or some shit like that over on Stormrage, and there was a Stormrage guild selling a Heroic Archimon carry for 50,000 gold apiece, so he blew 100k just to get me this mount that I wanted so fucking badly. And we killed him in four minutes, by the way. It was insane. It was crazy. It was, like, just perfect. But uh, I had so much fun. Um, so I asked him, I said, do you want me to, I've got the gold, do you want me to pay you back the 50k? And he's like, no, no, don't worry about it, I'm just glad to see you happy. I'm like, oh, so should I consider that a Christmas present? Oh, now we're, now we're attaching guilt and ownership. Good night, everybody. No, 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 Christmas. 
Christmas oh. present. It was a oh. pun, a play on words. That means it's funny and you should be laughing. I think we're done here. Okay. This has been episode 79 of Made a Fail. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Jameis, for joining me. Hopefully I'll see you on the site again later for other things. Good night, everyone. Good night. been listening to Made of Fail with Emily Witten and Cleolinda Jones. For more episodes, please visit www.madeoffail.net. And don't forget to come chat with us on Twitter at at made underscore of underscore fail. Follow us on Tumblr at madeoffailproductions.tumblr.com and search for Made of Fail podcast to find our Facebook community page and become our Facebook friend.